Today on The Travel Guys. In the travel news, the L.A. hotel strike fizzles for now, but wait until you hear who may be footing the bill for better benefits for hotel workers. Details next in the news. Frequent flyers may recognize the phrase hacker fares. Simply put, it's when you beat the airlines at their own game. Do hacker fares break any laws or are they just aggravating the airlines? Well, it's the subject of our Smarter Traveler segment at 320. At 335, Tom takes his annual check-in with the California State Fair. It opens next Friday and Tom has the rundown on Fun at the Fair. Tucked away on the Northern California coast is the old lumber town of Fort Bragg. Besides the remnants of the old skunk The town offers a lot to the traveler who is willing to get off the beaten track. Learn about Ford Bragg and the Noyo Harbor Inn coming up at 350. Thanks for joining us. It's time for another journey with the Travel Guys. On the road again, I've been everywhere, man. of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along. I'm Tom Romano, along with Mark Hoffman. Uh, hope you're doing well. Mark, uh, let's see uh, what's been going on with Sports Leisure Vacations since uh, you and I spoke uh, a week ago. Yeah, just a, just a holiday week, and we're, believe it or not, for our for my tour company, our slowest times of the year are January, February, and July, August, because we try not to go on vacation when the whole rest of the world is going. <laughs> well, that's, so uh, that's uh, smart. So things, things reasonably quiet. We're just kind of starting to gear up for our for, for putting together our new catalog for next year and things of that sort. So it's a. Uh, it's a little bit of a breather time at Sports Leisure Vacations. Well, good. I, I, you, I probably find yourself a little bit at loose ends from time to time. Well, we hope everyone had a wonderful fourth. We did. And uh, at the top of every Travel Guys radio show over the past week, we things happened in the travel news. And we're always here to kind of bring you up to date on, on, on that. So with the travel news, here's Mark Hoffman. The headline says Los Angeles hotel employees return to work but warn of additional strikes. As we were on the air last week, um, workers were walking out at a number of Los Angeles hotels, several dozen of them. And that didn't last but for a couple of days. They returned to work on Wednesday after three days of picketing. Um, union leaders say that more walkouts are likely in the coming days, kind of wildcat Walkouts, that's a little scary. If you're a person who's staying in a large downtown Los Angeles hotel, this also struck a few hotels in Orange County. Um, I found it kind of interesting as you dig into the to what's going on here. Um, the, the folks who are on strike, the hotel workers, um, they want higher hourly wages. Housekeepers currently um, in the area make between 20 and $25 an hour. They want to see an immediate increase of $5 an hour followed by a $3 an hour increase in each subsequent year of a three-year contract. So that means at the end of the contract, uh, doing the math, that's $14 an hour. If you currently make between 20 and 25, that would be 34 to $39 an hour 
for housekeepers and back of the house help. I understand it's expensive to live in Los Angeles, but if people who are cleaning rooms are going to get $35 an hour, it's going to mess up the salary scale for the whole rest of the state. I That would just be my thought. And I have a lot of sympathy for people who work in the back of the house in restaurants and hotels and the like. I've been in the hospitality business for a long time, and those are the people who make it all happen. But um, you can't make a chef's salary if you're emptying the garbage can. I mean, that would just be my thought. Here's another thing that came out. Uh, Keith Grossman, a spokesman for the, for more than 40 hotels in Los Angeles and Orange County that are bargaining with the union, has said, now this is just from one side, that the employers had offered to increase pay to more than $31 an hour from $25 an hour in Beverly Hills and downtown Los Angeles. Um, however, he noted that one of the union's demands which is to include a 7% fee on guests to help fund worker housing. Oh, man. Because housing in the Los Angeles area, like in the Bay Area, and to some extent Sacramento, is not inexpensive. California is not an inexpensive place to live. And so those folks who are on the low end of the pay scale have some challenges with, I'm sure, with trying to pay their rent and raise their family and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I just want to say, as somebody who is not much in the camp of charging people extra fees and all this BS, seven percent—if a hotel room's one hundred and fifty bucks—that's that's an extra ten bucks on your hotel room in addition to all the stuff that's already there. And what are the odds that that seven percent? is actually going to end up where it's supposed to. It's just lumped in with all the rest of the money that you're giving that hotel for resort fees and all of that. Well, And, and I, I would be concerned that it wouldn't show up where it was supposed to. Yes, and like the other resort fees, Tom, what's going to happen to this is the accountant for the hotel is going to figure out a way that this will be advantageous to the hotel to charge the guest and add it on to the bill as opposed to the uh, hotel paying it out in wages to the workers. And I just, you know, I, this this is a bottomless pit um, that, we're, that we're going into again. And so I have great sympathy for the folks, like I said, on the bottom of the pay scale. But charging surcharges to the people who buy the product, I don't think is the way to do it. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, Joe Brancatelli tells us that friend of the travel guys um, tells us that, you know, United Airlines had a meltdown last week. First, they tried to blame the FAA for not having enough controllers in the New York area, which is an issue. Um, Then United tried to blame Canada. Their chief executive, the same one who got on a private jet and flew from United Hub Newark to United Hub Denver, while hundreds, if not thousands, of passengers were trying to make their way between the same two cities. Scott Kirby says um, Canada is to blame for United's poor performance last week because Canada is also short of air traffic controllers, and some of the routes that that Canada used to allow U.S. airlines to fly that overflew Canada are not open to the United States right now. I'm going to suggest to you that this didn't happen overnight. This is something that's been going on for a while, and this guy is really grasping at straws. But what would you expect of a CEO who takes a private jet in order to avoid his own airline's issues? 
So uh, this guy needs to be shown the door as quickly as possible. PSA says it screened almost 3 million people at U.S. airports on Friday, June the 30th. That's suppressed by a few travelers, 600. The number screened on a Sunday after Thanksgiving in 2019. It is the largest number of people ever screened by TSA at an American airport. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. Um, in the in Europe, you can't get away with keeping people's money if you're a travel company or an airline like you can in the United States. Um, because of the rules over there, uh, the European uh, Commission EU passenger rights, uh, airlines are required to, with canceling a flight, required to refund tickets within seven days. Can you imagine that? U.S. airlines would 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 have a hissy fit. They would lay down on the floor like small children and and Kick throw feet. a temper tantrum if yeah. they were told that. Oh uh, now, three major European travel companies have promised the airlines have to issue the refunds. But if you bought your ticket through a third party, they didn't have to play by the same rules. Now those rules are changing, and several of the major European tour companies are being proactive by saying they will get your airline refund to you within 14 days, which is pretty legit. The airline has to get it to them with. Within a week, there's no reason they can't get it to you within the next week. U.S. Airlines, take note. The road to Lassen Volcanic National Park opened up for the season on July the 1st. That's a little bit of a late opening um, for, for the... For the park, if you are thinking, if you're a person who loves national parks and you've never been to Lassen, um, there are still volcanic bubbles and stuff there. It's a wonderful place to take the family, especially the kids. They would probably find that to be quite fascinating. So you can get into Lassen Volcanic National Park now until the first snowfall. If you were thinking of taking a cruise on the Great Lakes, you waited too long. Um American Queen Voyages will call it quits in the Great Lakes after the 2023 season and refocus on its river cruises. There are a couple of river cruising uh, companies in the U.S. Um, This uh, company says the reason they decided to pull out of the Great Lakes is because it costs them too much to be able to lay over their boats in the wintertime. The cost of moorage in the wintertime and with the weather up in the Great Lakes, I'm guessing they have to spend quite a bit of money prepping the boats for the winter. So anyway, they have decided to pull out of the Great Lakes. Uh, Jack Richards, the CEO of Pleasant Holidays in Hawaii, says that starting in June and continuing through nearly the end of the year, the company is seeing double-digit declines in Hawaii after a strong start to the year. So maybe some of those prices are going to start coming down, but not at Celebrity Cruise Lines because they are raising their gratuity prices. Sometimes you can buy a package on board a cruise ship in which gratuities are included. Some cruise lines tell you this is what we're going to put on your bill for gratuities every day, and some cruise lines allow you to tip on your own. Celebrity says it's going up to, depending on your class of service, it will go up to between $18 and $22 a day for gratuities on board. When you're adding up what travel costs, make sure you include those types of things. The founder of Shake Shack, which is a really popular Midwestern chain that sells uh, uh, great hamburgers, uh, was on CNBC the other day. And we were all talking about tipping. And Danny Meyer, who founded Shake Shack, says he doesn't think customers need to tip when picking up takeout or just buying a cup of coffee. He said, if you come in and I hand you something and it, that I didn't have a whole lot to do with preparing and you hand me the money for it, he says, you don't. That's just a transaction. Uh, there's no obligation to tip there whatsoever. 
Um, however, his point, the point of sale systems in his store do allow you to tip people in the stores. But at least here's one restaurateur who is saying, you know what? Um, maybe there is an end to this. I, I really just when the person turns the screen around to me and says uh, the, the screen's going to ask you a couple of questions. Um, and of course, they never say the screen's going to ask you if you want to tip me. I really didn't do much, but you may want to throw a couple bucks on there anyway. And finally, uh, did you hear about the cruise ship that crashed into the pier in San Francisco? Oh yeah, I saw pictures um, of that. Yeah, yeah, made a little dent in the in the cruise ship. It was Princess's Ruby Princess. Um, no big damage That's that went in. Princess said they were planning on sending it out on its next round ten day round trip to Alaska. Uh, today's the 11th. It would be up there or on its way up there already. Guess I should have checked that out before I mentioned it. But anyway, uh, Princess had one of their ships do a little uh, touch and go at a pier in San Francisco last week. And that's your travel news for today. Mark, we frequent flyers. People probably recognize the phrase hacker fares. But for those that don't, simply put, what is it? Well... It's a way, simply put, it's a way you go in and beat the airlines at their own game without breaking any major rules. When you buy an airline ticket, you are entering into a contract with the airline. Mm -hmm. It's called a contract of carriage. All right. And you can read all the details on your ticket if you still have a paper ticket. Um, Or you can read all the details online. There's lots of fine print. And basically it says no matter what happens, it's not the airline's fault. Sure. Um, so it's all the things that, that, that protect them. One of the things that they don't want you doing is they don't want you buying a ticket and only using part of it. Because the fare system is set up in many cases to where secondary destinations are cheaper to go to than primary destinations. Let me give you two very basic examples, one of which involves Sacramento. For years... People flying to Chicago have found that fares from, let's say, Sacramento to Milwaukee, which is just a few miles north of Chicago, were a lot cheaper than fares flying just to Chicago. So it was cheaper to buy a ticket from Sacramento that would hypothetically change planes in Chicago and make a 20-minute flight up to Milwaukee. That was a cheaper ticket than just buying a ticket from Sacramento to Chicago. So if you weren't checking any luggage, because checking luggage, obviously, it, it's going to go on to your final, final destination. destination. Right. Yeah. So you can't check any luggage if you're doing this. But it was frequent that people would do this. In fact, um, United used to report that 20% of the seats from Chicago to Milwaukee were never claimed. So that told you how many people were doing this a day, several dozen probably, that were buying a ticket into Chicago because it was cheaper to go to buy a ticket to Milwaukee, mm-hmm. get off in Chicago, throw the other piece of the ticket away. And now, I'm going to suggest – They would like rent a car or take the bus or what? Exactly, or the train or, or whatever, or somebody would drive them up there or whatever would happen. Now, let me say – the airline said, no, 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 you can't do that. That's a violation. You, if you're flying only to Chicago, you have to buy a ticket to Chicago. Well, so let's just, to make a comparison, let's say you went to the grocery store and you bought a loaf of bread, okay? And the gro- when you got to the, cash, the, to the checkout counter, the cashier said, so, um, Tom, are you going to use all of this bread? And you say, oh, yeah, we're going to eat it all. Well, then they say, well, the bread is a dollar and a half. 
But when they asked you if you're going to use all the bread, you said, well, well, we'll probably only use about half the loaf and throw the other half away. Well, then they would say, oh, well, in that case, the bread's $3. <laughs> now, how ridiculous would that be? So that's, in essence, what the airlines are doing. Another example. You want to fly to San Francisco. So you're coming from, I don't know, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And you want to fly to to San Francisco. So you buy a ticket on United Airlines from Louisville to San Francisco and on to Sacramento. Because in many cases, that ticket to Sacramento was cheaper than the ticket to San Francisco, even though the Sacramento trip had two flights. So you get to San Francisco, you get off the plane, you throw the other part away. The airline says, but you can't do that. And you say, but uh, I, yeah, I, I can you're not breaking any laws. You're breaking that contract of carriage. Now, if you're a frequent flyer with the airline and you have a lot of miles in a stash, then this is probably something that you don't want to do because the airline could come back and say, well, you broke our rules, so you can't. they can't keep you from flying with them anymore, but they can say, all right, we're going to take your frequent flyer account and it's null and void because you broke the rules. So there is some downside possible to this. Yes, sir. So, so what you're saying, and we – asked the question at the beginning of the program uh are are hacker fares uh illegal and you're saying they they are and they aren't they're not they the airline has in the in the uh in their contract that you can't do this however you know uh and you're saying that if you do do it and you're a frequent flyer and you have miles and points whatever that they could they could punish you for it, but anybody else not so. They have no way to. They have no way legally to come back to you and okay. say you didn't use this ticket, and now we're going to penalize you for it. So if you chose to throw the, I, I mean, it's just you know, if I go to In and Out Burger and I pay them six bucks for a hamburger and I eat half of it and I put the other half in the trash, In and Out doesn't get to come back and say, hey, wait a minute. You only ate half that hamburger, so half a hamburger is $9. A whole hamburger is $6, but half a hamburger is $9. You should have bought the half a hamburger. I mean, that's how ridiculous this particular aspect of airline travel is. This is particularly the case when you get in close to departure. You get a few days before departure, and you may find that flying airplane A to Chicago and airplane B to Milwaukee costs you $1,000. Uh, but flying just to Chicago would cost you $1,200. Or you may find that there are differences in class of service, that a first-class ticket to a particular city with a stop along the way might be considerably cheaper than just flying to that first destination city. Now, if you do that, you've got to do one-way tickets, and this is not for the faint of heart, but there are lots of people who are listening to this program right now who I'm sure are sitting there going, yeah, yeah, I've done that before. I've definitely done it before. I have done it before, and I've never had any repercussions to it. But the airlines don't like it because they have set up all these screwball rules. We're seeing some of them fall by the wayside now. used to be you bought your ticket 7, 14, 21 days in advance. There were certain fare categories. Now it's all like it's the same as the theater or the baseball game. It's all dynamic pricing. Mm -hmm. It depends on how many people are on the plane that day, and it also depends on how many people are on the competition's plane. And how many seats are left in that class of service? How good is the connection on the other end? 
Is it the only time of day where you get an hour connection in the hub and get on to your destination city and all the other connections are four hours? So you can expect that good connection to cost more money because the airline's going to say, well, this is this is better for you. This is a better product. We're going to charge more for it. My thing is that the airlines don't have the right, once you've bought the product, to tell you how you're going to use the product because nobody else in the business world has that, you know, you go buy a new car, they can't tell you how many miles a day you have to drive it in order to get that price on the car. Unless it's a lease. Exactly. Well, yes. Um, If you're taking your garbage out, you know, what you pay for your trash pickup is based on the amount of trash you put out. If you only put out half as much trash one day, you don't get a bill from the garbage company saying, hey, wow, you didn't have as much trash as you're supposed to have. We need another 20 bucks from you. I mean, how... Ridiculous would it be? And this is what the airlines are getting away with, basically. And this is just one example of the crud they get away with. But And for them to come back to people and say, wait a minute, you can't do this because you didn't use all of that ticket. It's like, you know, go pound sand, guys or gals, um, because that, that that's you're, – you're, you're overstepping your bounds. I bought the ticket. I paid you for it. If I want to flush it down the toilet, that's my prerogative. Right, or if you choose to not fly at all, uh, or like you say, uh, just go halfway. Well, it's a, that's a very educational uh, a little bit of information there, Mark. Uh, good luck with all that, folks. All righty. <laughs> it's that time of the year. Time to bring on media director for this year's California State Fair and Food Festival, uh, lovely Darla Gibbons. Darla, welcome back good. to the Travel Guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us on. First of all, let's uh, begin with what's new at this year's California State Fair and Food Festival uh, compared to last year, Darla. Yes. So this year we do have a couple of new exhibits, including the Lost World of Dragons. It's an interactive display in our expo building number four, and you'll find out the history of dragons. Are they real? Are they mythical? How many dragons are there? It's a really fun adventure for families. Yeah, that sounds very cool. All right. Uh, yeah. I'll look forward to that. I've always loved dragons, and I think most everybody does. Uh, we've been kind of inundated with uh, dinosaurs recently, so <laughs> kind of a nice twist to do do the dragons. Okay, Darla, how about the concert lineup? I've seen lots and lots of uh, ads and stuff. that You have a pretty good lineup this year. Why don't you give me some highlights? Yeah, we have a pretty amazing lineup with our um, concerts this year. And, you know, our concerts are free. We do have a select number of free concert tickets uh, for each concert. Uh, opening night, we have Fitz and the Tantrums coming in to kick us off. And then we also have acts like Boys to Men, Leanne Rhymes, Scotty McCreary. The Isley Brothers, our Isley Brothers concert sold out. I bet. So if you are an Isley Brothers fan, um, you can still come and, and hang around the venue there at the Cove and listen to the Isley Brothers. Um, George Thorogood and the Destroyers, he's going to be here. Cool and the Gang and then rounding out on uh, Sunday the 30th is Trace Atkins. Trace Atkins loves our fair so much because of the horse racing. We will have horse racing on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday starting at 345 in the afternoon. So Mr. Atkins likes to come back 
enjoy our horse racing and then come and perform uh, for all of our guests. I, you know, I had a brush with fame a few years ago when he was there and I was out at the racetrack. I was blown away <laughs> that we were sitting very close to somebody that famous. Sounds great. By the way, if you're just joining us, I'm talking with Darla Givens, media director for this year's California State Fair, talking about all there is uh, at the fair this year. Tell mm-hmm. me, Darla, how are how are the folks at the State Fair? How are you guys making the fair affordable this year for folks? Well, the one thing we always urge people to do is buy your pre-sale tickets. Until July 13th, you can get a family four-pack. That includes four admission tickets, four ride tickets. That's either the monorail or a carnival ride and a parking pass. It's $49.99. Now, if you like to come to the fair all the time, we also have a season pass that's available for $35.99. So that gets you into the fair Um, If you want to, you know, come for the morning, have a little snack, come back for the afternoon, have lunch, and come back for dinner, uh, you can come in and out of the fair with the season pass. And then once you're in here, we also have free activities and exhibits for the entire family. I already mentioned one of them, which is the Lost World of Dragons. And then we also have Wild Science, which is another exhibit. And the Wizard Challenge. So all these things that you have around the fairgrounds are free, including tasting. Um, we have our Tasters Row where some of our award-winning olive oils and cheeses will be sampled and our free education classes as well. Those are daily classes that we have, and you can come and learn about wine and wine making and olive oil and beer and cheese. So we have something to offer for everyone. And, you know, one of the things I didn't mention about news being new this year is the Lucha Extreme Wrestling. It's fusing the best of Lucha and American styles of professional wrestling. It is the sight to see. Very funny, but very, very intense as well. Where, where will that be uh, displayed? Where will that be going on on the grounds? So that is going to be on the last day of the fair, July 30th, that Sunday, in the Rodeo Arena. Oh. And that is free. Everybody can come on in and check it out. (laughs) And um, also coming back, we haven't had for a while in the arena, is the Demolition Derby. Mm -hmm. That's going to be opening weekend, so Friday and Saturday. You can come and check out the Demolition Derby. Now, that is an extra charge of $10, but still, it's going to be a great sight to see for the Demolition Derby. And also the Monster Truck. I take it back. The monster trucks is Thursday, is Friday and Saturday. Monster trucks are back. They haven't been here for a while. Um, but for an additional charge of $10, you can go in and see your favorite monster truck in the rodeo arena. All right. You know, uh, a, a lot of people travel from quite a ways out to come to the state fair and, and uh, they want to uh, bring their RVs and, uh, and park. What's available for mm-hmm. the RVers this year? We do have our RV park that is available. That is on the east side, northeast side of our venue. Um, So you can uh, go to calexostatefair.com and search RV park, and you'll have information that will pull up so that you can reserve your spot. Because that's where a lot of our vendors stay as well. They bring their RVs, and they make it a, a summertime affair with their families. It's a great time out here. 
You know, one thing that uh, has changed over the years, and, and it has to do with uh, the, what they call the clear bag policy. Uh, what's yeah. up with the state fair this year in regards to uh, clear bags and such? We adopted after other uh, venues were doing it. Uh, so we're like, it's an easier way to get through security. Um, you hold up your bag. Our security officers can look through it quickly. And it makes the process getting in quicker. Um, so we're doing that. And in addition to our clear bag policy, we also have updated our um, under 18 policy as well. So starting this year, um, anyone under 18 has to be accompanied by an adult or a guardian, a parent or guardian, the entire time they're here on the fairgrounds, and that's daily. Uh, before, we just had it for the weekend, but now that's going to be enacted every day of the state fair. We just want to make sure that everyone is here to have a great time and enjoy and make those memories and have lots of fun. You know, every year uh, you have, in the past, there were special days where you featured, like, Senior Day or Children's Day. Uh, has that gone away, or do you still have that this year? No, we still have it. Our Kids' Day is on Tuesday, both Tuesdays of the fair, and children 12 and under get in for free, and all rides that day are $2, no matter if you're a kid of Two years old or a kid of 102 years old, the rides are $2, but children uh, 12 and under get in for free. And on for seniors on Fridays, seniors also get in on a discount, and that is $12 on Fridays for seniors can get in. And how about military? Military and Veterans Appreciation Day, that is going to be, and First Responders Day, I don't want to leave out our first responders, um, that day is coming up on Thursday, July 27th, and we have an entire day filled with programming. Um, our first program starts at 11.30 in the morning. We will have speeches from uh, military veterans and bands playing, and Journey Revisited, um, they performed on our Golden One stage previously with our Toyota concert series series. Well, they will be performing the day of the military veteran and first responders appreciation day. Um, if you have a valid military ID, you get into the fair for free. We do have more information about that because you can pre-register to get your ticket for that um, day um, online as well. So if you go to calexpostatefair.com, once again, do a search for Military Veteran and First Responder Appreciation Day. You can register in advance and get your ticket and just come on through the gate. Keep in mind, carry that clear bag. There you go. Darla Givens, uh, the media director, California State Fair. One final question before we let you go, Darla. Uh, some tip, the tips to our, our, our folks that are going to be going to the State Fair in regards to the best time to show up and... Uh, uh, and take advantage of stuff. Do you, what's your what's your recommendation? Okay, so if you like to eat, a couple of things. Every Wednesday and Thursday from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m., we have our $4 taste of the fair. Each food vendor will have a sample item for $4. So you can take $20 and eat your way through the fair. So I love the Wednesday and Thursday when it rolls around. My waistline doesn't like it so much, but my taste buds do. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then on top of that, we also have our food festival pass. And we've done this previously, and that's the whole branding. And when you come to a fair, what do you do? You ride and you eat. So, therefore, we're the California State Fair and Food Festival. And so, with our food festival pass, you it's $34, but it's a $48 value. You get four food vouchers that you can redeem at the participating food vendors. And you can see those by according to a flag. There will be a flag that says Food Festival Participant Booth. So that's a great way also to eat your way through the fair. And I do have a correction. Senior saving Fridays, it's $10, not 12 So I'm saving you a little bit more money there, too. Excellent. All right. Lots going on at the State Fair. Remember, you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com. We'll have a link to the State Fair's uh, website. Darla, thanks so much. Have a great State Fair. We look forward to seeing you out there. You know, Tom, it reminds me, we talk about the State Fair. I probably rattled about this story before, but the day the State Fair opened at Cal Expo, Governor Ronald Reagan gave the opening address before they opened the gates, and I was there that day. Took pictures and all that kind of jazz. So, um, great Great uh, things going on at the fair this year. Thanks for filling us in on all that stuff. Heading up uh, to the coast, to the Fort Bragg area. We're going to talk about that. If you don't know much about it, Mark's going to do a great job of uh, educating you. And we have a special guest from the the, uh, Noyo Harbor Inn, Scott Schneider. Scott runs the the business there. And we're going to talk to Scott a little bit about... uh, about that area and, and all there is to see and do. Scott, welcome to the Travel Guys. Thank you so much. Scott, the uh, Fort Bragg, for, for many, many years, as a, a longtime tour operator, um, I used to bring folks up there multiple times uh, each summer to come up to Fort Bragg and spend the night, go to the Footlighters melodrama, um, and uh, ride the skunk train back to Willits the next day. And then the then the tunnel collapsed, and so the skunk train is no longer traveling all the way between Willits and Fort Bragg. It's kind of in two separate sections. And, Scott, you tell me that the, the skunk train folks have uh, have created some some special things and tweaks on the short part of the route that's there around the Fort Bragg area. Uh, give us a little bit of an update on the, on the skunk train, if you can. Sure, of course. So, yeah, as you mentioned, the tunnel collapsed uh, several years ago. And uh, in the meantime, especially during COVID, uh, the skunk train operators got very creative uh, in how they could have uh, guests experience the beautiful redwoods and surrounding areas. Um, A couple of their more popular things, they now do rail bikes. So it's two person per bike and you can uh, hop on either in Fort Bragg um, and go up towards the to where the tunnel collapsed. It's about a you know, half hour each way. They are electric uh, motors. So if you get tired of pedaling, then you can have the little motor take over for you. Um, and out there by the tunnel, they actually built a whole, it's called Glen Blair Junction. It's a whole kind of event facility. Uh, and so you get off and you can do a little hike through, through the redwoods there. Um, but what's exciting is on Friday and Saturday nights, they actually, uh, they put a bar out there. And so you can take the train Anytime throughout the evening, I think starting at about 5.30 or 6.30 in the evening, you, you can take the train out to Glen Blair, hang out for a few hours. Um, they usually have live music and they have games and maybe some snacks. And it's a great uh, great place to celebrate and, and with your loved ones or friends uh, amongst the, the, the giant trees. And wow. So, um, yeah. It's, it's, Scott, I mentioned it's, the, I the, the old melodrama that used to be that. there in town. Um, give us an idea of, 
a couple of things maybe that our listeners might want to be aware of, things to do in Fort Bragg if they came up that way? Sure. So, you know, we are a, a cool alternative. I'm sure people listening um, today are pretty hot wherever they are, uh, and it's a good to remind them of how cool it, it, it is on, on the coast. And so, you know, people want to come here and they want to make all these plans and, and do all these activities, but really we find I've been in the in the hotel and hospitality industry here for a long, long time, and we find that people really end up relaxing and, and doing not doing much at all. We have beautiful walks and kayaks and, of course, the skunk train. Uh, we have a um, uh, botanical gardens that has beautiful gardens, but you can also walk out, you know, to, to the ocean and, and the headlands. And we find that people come here to get away from the hustle and bustle. And there are plenty of restaurants and, and great things to do and, and museums and um, and shopping and things like that. But it, it's really a place to kind of get away from the heat and get away from the crowds and, and spend time with, with your friends and family and, and enjoy the, the beauty that is all, all around us. Now, Scott, um, you have a little bit of a stake in this when we introduce you um, as being uh, one of the players at the Noyo Harbor Inn. You're the general manager there. Um, tell me a little bit about your property. Sure. So we are a um, uh, an inn up on the hill overlooking the, the harbor. Uh, it is still a working harbor. There is still uh, somewhat of an active uh, fishing in, industry here. Um, and it is an, an old, it was built in the 1860s um, by one of the, the lumber barons. It is actually one of the first bed and breakfasts as the woman who owned it in the 1940s um, rented it out to some, co- there was a new Coast Guard station and she used to rent rooms out to, to the folks in, in the Coast Guard. Uh, current owner bought it in 2010 as a local, uh, spent seven years uh, redoing the entire inn. Um, and it is a gorgeous, we have 15 rooms overlooking the harbor on both sides. Uh, a great restaurant, um, and we like to say we offer the luxury side of, of Fort Bragg. Um, now, Scott, Scott, does the Noyo Harbor Inn, do you package any of the attractions or anything in Fort Bragg? Is there, do you have any type of uh, special deal for folks who are headed up your way? We sure do. We actually partner uh, with, with the Skunk Train, um, and it's 15% off both um, rooms here as well as any excursion uh, on on the, the the train, so that's um that's kind of a current summer uh, offering that 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 we're that we're doing with the the train. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, we will put a link um, to the Noyo Harbor Inn so that you can find out not only about the property but about the the discounts that Scott is talking about. And I'll throw a, a link up there to the Skunk Train too um, for folks who haven't been over. If you don't know what I'm talking about when we talk about the Skunk Train, the old line was because of the diesel engines that they used, um, you could you could smell the trains before you could see them. <laughs> so henceforth, the Tom, the, the nickname Skunk Train um, over the years, and thousands and thousands of people every summer would get on the train either in Willits or Fort Bragg and ride one direction and then ride all the way back. It would be, you know, an all-day affair. Of course, those of us who had a motor coach, we could go over to one direction, take the train one way across and have our – our bus waiting for us when we got there. Scott, it sounds like that Fort Bragg is doing just fine. And um, as a tour operator, it kind of makes me maybe want to head up that way uh, before too much too much longer. We will put a link, like I said, to the Noyo Harbor Inn. Scott, anything else that we haven't talked about you want to mention before we let you go? 
Um, I don't think so. Again, just it's a, it's a great little getaway, um, and there's something for everyone. There's someone something for uh, everyone's budget um, if you have not much to spend at all or if you want to do a lot of shopping and, and fine dining. So um, it's a great place, and we really appreciate uh, the time on the show, and um, thank you. Scott Schneider from the Noyo Harbor Inn in Fort Bragg. If Fort Bragg is not on your list, then go to your GPS and find it there. It's a little bit of a drive from Sacramento, but it's a little bit isolated. But you might find that that's a real advantage when you get there. Scott, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Fort Bragg, one of the uh, one of my favorite getaways when I was uh, somewhat younger. We used to uh, go into that area, and we would uh, we, we we didn't stay you know in a hotel. We used to camp on the beach uh-huh. and, and stay. It was always a little chilly. It was always shocked yeah. that uh, I, we would leave here and it'd be 105 and we'd go there thinking mm-hmm. it was a great place to camp and would freeze our buns off for three days and look forward to getting back to the heat. By the way, uh, uh, Scott mentioned that uh, his hotel is uh, pet friendly, just in case you want to bring Fido. Yeah, and, and he also mentioned that the train uh, is pre- pet friendly too, so... That's a big. That's a big deal to a lot of folks. Now they want to take oh, wow. their pets with them, and they want their pets to be welcome when they get there. I don't know. You know, I mean, taking your pet into a hotel while on mm-hmm. vacation, yeah. But but asking it to get on board a train, maybe mm-hmm. maybe a little shocking to the dog. Or, yeah, or the, might. Yeah, might very well be. I haven't been to Fort Bragg in a long, long time, and I. Just listening to him and doing the research, putting this story together a little bit, made me kind of wish that maybe I had to get back up there. The the little train routes that they're running, they've got a couple miles of train track and stuff to work with, which is some of the most scenic part of the whole route. So I might have to get up there. Anyway, I, when it came up, I just thought that maybe some of our listeners, we don't ever talk about Fort Bragg. And Lord knows the coast over there. I mean, you can get there besides driving across Highway 20, which – uh, fair warning is about uh, an hour of twisty, windy stuff. You're not going to make any big time on that. It's kind of like Highway 1 yeah, it's a coming into drive. Fort Bragg from the south. Yes. But you can make better time if you go over to, to Highway 20 and go up that way, or better yet, go one way one direction and, and one way the other. Hey, I wanted to just mention something here before we go. Um, Travelers United asks folks, do you prefer travel self-service options? Or do you find them problematic? 8% of people said they had no problem with travel self-service. 34%, I thought this is kind of interesting, said sometimes self-service works, sometimes it's a problem. Um, (laughs) Self-service is fine if they don't charge you extra when you need help. Those are the Spirit Airlines customers talking. And finally, 34% said, I prefer dealing with a human when I travel. So kind of all over the place, kind of a demographic uh, thing, I suspect. That's from our friends at Travelers United. All right, time to wrap this up. Remember, dance like nobody's watching. Tom? All right, my friends, you stay well. We'll see you next Sunday, 3 o'clock, in the next edition of The Travel Guys.